Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome. Happy to be along. It, does July just fly yes. by? Is today the 30th, right? Yes. One day left in July. I really I mourn the fact that it's going to go I, so... I, it's, it's bothersome to me. Because once, once August is here... I don't really want to talk about it. Essentially, summer's over. I don't really... It is. Why? <laughs> Mike... Yes. It's hard to tolerate him when he gets like no, no. this. Yes. It's like such you, a negative. I'm just, it's you not gotta, a negative. I'm just pointing out the obvious it, that July, once July's over, especially now with the heightened early schools, that summer is over, like mid-August. That's it. But you have to look at the bright side here. All right. Because you, know you know what comes up in August? What? what? We're, we're closer to the NFL season. Oh, I don't even care. Yeah, See, yeah. That's, not, that's not a silver lining to me. Okay. okay. So it's not. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, how about this, John? Will this tickle your feathers or fancy your feathers? How about the NHL? I like tickle your feathers. Tickle. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 listen. Sports is not going to make up for it. No, no. Yes, sports, it will. No, no, it's not. It's not. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? It's it's mm. the NFL coming up, the NHL, and the best part, October baseball. Uh, no. Oh, oh yeah, fine. Yes. Rub salt in the wound. That's torture. No, Jeez, look. Mike. But uh, it's still entertaining, even though our buckos aren't. Getting, uh, aren't going to make it. Are you sure? Matter. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. You got a good feeling about that. No, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but July, you know, then you've got August and September, two good solid months of nice weather, right? Yeah. And then October, okay. But I'm just saying, you see where we are. Right. That's all. We just you, see where we are. You are not a person to have a good time with. <laughs> no, I, I am. Mean, I love summer. I love summer, but I'm. I, I'm just okay, now stop letting talking. Go. I, okay, I'm going to say that I did a wonderful summer thing last night that I really was thrilled about. Yeah. And yeah. I want to encourage you guys to do it if you haven't done it. Oh, you can eat outside. Well, this is what I did. I, I got a, a great meal, mm-hmm. just a takeout meal. And we had some family and visiting from out of town. Yeah. And so we all went down to the fountain at PPG. Nice. Okay. Now, if you're used to oh, being, oh yeah, sure. I'm used to being down at PPG in the winter because whenever we have clients in, we always take them down to the Winter Garden. Sure. The whole thing is yep. very beautiful Lovely. down there. I have not been down there in the summer Haven't in a you? long time. The kids are the time. kids running around through the fountain. Right, right, right. So there were so we had a bunch of you know all of my nieces and nephews were there anyway. There were kids running in and out of the fountain. It was the perfect temperature, mm-hmm. and it was a gorgeous. Night. It sure was. The lights are beautiful. Just how they have that whole thing worked out there is so nice. If you're looking for a really lovely summer thing to do with your family, take them down to PPG. You can find there's a lot right across the street. There's only five bucks after six o'clock. You can stay as long as you want. I had a great dinner. I ate at one of those round tables. It was super nice. Wait, wait. Night. What's the five bucks? There's a parking lot right across oh, the street. Yeah, right, yeah. Parking's only five dollars. Right. You can stay, Gorgeous. you know, for 
an hour, you can stay for five hours. How about the air last night? It was like this light breeze. It was, you know, it was warm. It sort of felt like you were wearing like a little nice warm wind coat. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I loved it. I love it. Too. I loved it. So this is what what I did. Is that uh, we finished eating and then, you know, family got ice cream and all mm-hmm. those sorts of things. We stayed until maybe 930 and uh, went over to the parking lot, got our car yep. and drove home. At which point I realized that I'd left my brand new sweater that oh, I no. really, really liked on the chair oh, no. at PPG. Is it gone? So we drove back. You did? Yep. It was there. Oh, nice. you are! Aren't you fortunate? For Woo! all of you that were out there and yeah. didn't steal my sweater, oh, so I just much. want to say thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. One time when our kids were little, super little kids, like you know, one and three, we flew to South Dakota and back for Christmas, and then we, you know, got out of the airport, went to our car. Of course, it was like forty-five below zero. We got in the car and drove home. We got home. It was like ten thirty at night on a Sunday night. We left the luggage next <laughs> oh, to the no. car. <laughs> Oh my I had God. to turn around, go back, and search for that parking spot. Thank goodness the luggage was still you there. You left your luggage in the parking lot. We had little kids. We were otherwise right. engaged, putting them in, you know, yeah, putting them in the seats, the all that. Seat, right. We left it behind. We drove home. Took you, you know, took you forty-five minutes to get home. Come back again. Oh my gosh, it was so cold, so dark, oh, so it's, bitter. That's a horrible moment. <laughs> it was the that's worst. A horrible moment. Hey, it's National Cheesecake Day. Oh, who doesn't love cheesecake? Well, a lot of people don't like cheesecake. Why? Well, because some people think cheese for dessert is disgusting. Oh, it's wonderful. Do you like it? I love Mike? cheesecake. I love it. It's one of my favorite desserts. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you love people who make cheesecake? <sighs> yes. That, that's almost magical. People who are so inclined to do that. What kind of cheesecake? Oh, I'll, whatever. I'll be happy to have any cheesecake. Creamy or cakey? Uh, creamy, please. Oh, see, I like cakey. Mm. No, Mike? give me the cream. Give me the cream. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, give me a cheesecake. Is there is there a good cheesecake place in the city here? I mean, there's the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, that's not. You can't count that. You can't. I that's mean, like saying you have a good burger. You're I, not going to go to McDonald's. I think you pretty much have to. I mean, the title of their restaurant is called the Cheesecake Factory. Thank yeah. you, Mike. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not counting it, Mike. No. No. I, no. Listen, I think they have very good cheesecake. Really? I've well, had it once. It's pretty good. I've had it once. It's, you it's you think there's good. a discount today? No. Why? Why would there be? Well, because it's National Cause Cheesecake Day. Ah, oh, they may be cutting you a break. 10% off. It's very expensive. <laughs> okay. But, of course, you have you have a piece of cheesecake there, and it's like oh my God. three meals of cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I'm just here talking to myself, you guys. There's no problem. <laughs> 10% off. That's all. Glass half full here. It's like Bed Bath & Beyond. You get your little 20% off coupon. Right. You have to hand it to them. Maybe you get free cheesecake, like a slice of cheesecake. I don't, we're making stuff up about cheese. I don't know. If like I just want to say that I like it, and I like some plain with cherries on it. I like it, too. Or maybe I'd like Kahlua cheesecake, no, which is no, delicious. No, no, no. Do not put alcohol on your cheesecake. Not on it. In it. What, the I'm same not pouring thing. alcohol on my people cheesecake. Do, I'm sure that people Then they light it on fire. What kind of cheesecake are you it. eating, Mike? Um, a regular, you know, regular cheesecake. I'm, it's, I'm kind of boring when it comes to cheesecake. Okay. I just yeah. like a regular cheesecake. However, I did try, I think it's called the strawberry lime mm. at oh. the Cheesecake Factory. My wife had that last time we went. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It melts in your mouth. Oh my gosh. Mm. You're in pure ecstasy. Really? Fabulous. Oh my gosh. What so kind of good. cheesecake are you eating? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're done. A 10% off kind. We're, we're done with John on this. <laughs> coming up, to move on. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about intuition. What? Is it infallible? I mean, it's not infallible. Your but gut can, feeling? But can God speak through your gut feeling? 
I don't know. We're sure, gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about I mean that seems like a kind of a half opinion. Thing. Cheesecakes speak to my gut. <laughs> Something does. Coming yeah. up next, we'll talk about evangelical purity culture. Thoughts on the legacy of a lost pastor. We'll talk about Josh Harris with David French, senior writer for National Review next on today's ride home. Nice. Ten percent off all day, every day. <laughs> WORD. You could win an amazing cruise, an adventure to respark your marital relationship on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. And when you enter, you'll also receive a free copy of Family Life's ebook, Stronger Forever, a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com slash stronger. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand With Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps, touch the western wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes, the list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel Tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet, for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge many of us don't think about. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to see one veteran with special needs one time per year. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. For a satisfying career helping people with disabilities, consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724 283 1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion, Nello Construction, the choice for churches. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Sexual purity is a good thing. Saving yourself in your sexual purity until your marriage is also a good thing. However, in years past, that sexual purity, especially in evangelical churches, has become something of a golden calf. So much so that it really crushed a lot of lives. The failure to continue in sexual purity. The failure to live up the... Scarlet Letter. Right. It became an industry, as a matter of fact, and it started, well, before Josh Harris made his book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, a national bestseller. But 
Josh Harris was at the center of sexual purity, mm-hmm. essentially known specifically in his ministry for that moment. Right, and not just sexual purity, but a particular view of dating and marriage, and kind of an if-then uh uh, like an if then view a viewpoint an if then view of behavior so if i behave as god tells me to do then i can expect his blessing so if i save myself for marriage then when i get married i'm going to have a great sex life with no problems right in a marriage made in heaven sure but for a lot of people of course hasn't worked out that no, way no there's no guarantees in marriage is so there so they feel what gypped misled uh angry uh, victimized at the far end. It's a very complex story. David French is with us to talk about Josh Harris and his latest announcement that he is essentially divorcing and stepping away from the Christian faith. David French joins us as a senior writer for National Review. He wrote a piece on National at National Review yesterday called Wither Evangelical Purity Culture, Thoughts on the Legacy of a Lost Pastor. David, welcome back, friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I don't want to assume, David, that everyone listening to the show understands what purity culture is. So let's kind of go back to the 1990s. Um, You were a youth pastor at that point while you were also trying to get your legal career underway. Um, Talk about that time in American uh, Christendom as far as the evangelical branch goes and what it was like. Yeah. So, you know, when you hear purity culture, it was something far beyond just simply saying, look, uh, sex is reserved for marriage between a man and a woman. Um, Purity culture was an elaborate uh, new form of thinking about dating, which would include things like uh, ceremonies where you received a purity ring, uh, often to say a pearl ring that was you would wear uh, on the same hand where you'd wear an engagement ring as a symbol of your commitment to purity. Other people had purity bracelets. There would be uh, instead of dating, there would be uh, courtship, and courtship sort of briefly defined as uh, parentally supervised outings and parentally, super, parentally supervised visits under the direction and authority, mainly of the father, throughout a relationship until you actually walk down the aisle. There were new rules about physical contact, and you could only hold hands before you were married. You wanted your first kiss to actually be at the altar, for example. And there were many different permutations of it, but essentially they, they all rested on the presumption that it wasn't enough to simply say, Here are, here's what the Bible says about sexual morality. Here's what uh, the Bible has said about how we are to treat each other. They were going to erect a labyrinth of additional rules that surrounded. And, and when I became sort of an interim youth pastor, our youth pastor left and then uh, I was the youth pastor while the church conducted a search for an actual professional. Um, the uh, other youth pastor, has, before he left, implemented something called No Date 98, where to sort of be a part of the youth group in good standing, you could not go out on a date. You could only court. And and so uh, I lifted that restriction as one of my first acts. But it was a, it was really a, it was a, a it was a culture that taught people something that was sort of the inverse of the gospel. It taught them that if they committed a sin, and sometimes it wasn't even um, premarital sex, sometimes it would be even breaking restrictions against kissing, that they had been stained, that, yeah, maybe God will maybe God will forgive them in sort of this abstract sense, but their wedding day would never be the same. Their wedding night would never be the same. Their marriage would never be the same. That there was, there was a stain that was put upon them 
Um, and so their identity began to be located in sin and not in Christ. And that was that was pervasive throughout uh, the evangelical world for much of the 90s and into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So many kids who were good kids and trying to do right. the right thing— um, like a lot of guys and girls, when they get together, of course, you know, there's temptation, there's attraction, there's all that. If they would cross some boundary, imaginary, imaginary or otherwise, by doing so, they effectively hurt their lives in some way, where they carried this shroud of guilt with them that they were unworthy for the future husband or wife. Yeah, you would have situations where a young woman would walk down the aisle with a uh, with a walk down the aisle to marry a man who loved God and loved her to launch a faithful and loving marital life. But as they walk down the aisle, there's a, st- a sort of a stain on her heart because she has been taught that, you know, the actions that she conducted. And again, sometimes it wasn't even extramarital sex. Sometimes it was conduct well short of that, that was seen as sort of a stain on the virginity of the bride. And so people would walk into marriage with a shadow on their heart. Mm-hmm. Even when they were, even though when they were children of God, they were Christians who were fully redeemed and forgiven, and who had their identity in Christ. And still, that stain would be on them, and it haunted them, and it hurt them. And you know, one of the things I say in my piece is that I can't tell you the number of times that somebody would, you know, in just these sobs, say, "I screwed up," and in sort of the the implicit the implicit message was, "I'm ruined." I I can never be the person I want to be. I see. And so, and that's such that's such a destructive message. So Pastor Josh Harris was essentially all that and more in that he grew up in the purity culture. Those rules were enforced upon his life, whether he gladly accepted them or not, so much so that at a very young age, the age of 21, he wrote a book called I Kiss, Dating, Goodbye, which if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you may have come across this, but it became a a national bestseller, sold more than a million copies, and it it defined the generation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It made him a star within culture. Yeah, and it kind of made... um it kind of made Christians that were aware of it and in the in the dating age at the time feel like there's either a right way to date, which is his way, or the wrong way. Do you think, David? Yes. Oh, completely. So the, it became a marker in a lot of churches of, are you really a serious Christian or not? And if you're really, truly serious, if you really, truly love the Lord, if you're sold out for Jesus, you're, you're courting, you're not dating. Um, you're you're imposing the kinds of restrictions, and not just Josh Harris, but others did about well, you're going to only hold hands, you're going to reserve your first kiss for marriage, uh, and time and time again, you would come across this sort of demarcation line, even within churches, where the really serious families put the father in charge of the dating life of their children, and and you would see this top crop up again and again and again, and look. You know, it wasn't the product of somebody saying, you know, rubbing their hands together and saying, ha, I'm going to control the lives of my kids. A lot of times it was motivated by a real genuine concern that they avoid the heartaches that maybe the parents endured or that, you know, parents often think and pray uh, hard about what kind of mate that their children will marry. And, And to the extent that they feel like they can dip in and control that outcome, any sort of formula that's advanced to them 
that promises that sort of power and control is going to be appealing. I mean, because remember, this is also the same generation of parents who became to be characterized as helicopter parents and snowplow parents. And just this desire to manage their children's lives to ensure good outcomes is a powerful temptation for a Christian parent. And so when you think about what happened in America in the 1960s and 1970s with, you know, the sexual revolution, in many ways, the purity culture was a, a backlash to that or, or you know, um, a reaction, a, a reaction to that. So Josh Harris, uh, he wrote, I kissed dating goodbye. And then last week, I think Josh Harris, what is probably in his early forties married. He's a pastor, several children. Uh, he followed this along. He and his wife, they did. They courted, right? They right. got early, they got married at a very early age, and by all accounts, you know, had that storybook marriage. So last week, Josh Harris announced that him and his wife, unfortunately, were going to get a divorce, which really shook up a lot of people. And then just the other day, on Instagram, Josh Harris made a wrote a post, and he went a little deeper in the post. And, and Catherine, read this, please. Yeah, he said, um, "I'm learning that no group has the market cornered on grace," and this week in reaction, of course, to what he said about his uh, divorce. I've received grace from Christians, atheists, evangelicals, ex-evangelicals, straight people, LGBTQ people, and everyone in between. Of course, there have also been strong words of rebuke from religious people, and while not always pleasant, I know they are seeking to love me. The information that was left out of our announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. So that announcement really just sent... It was cataclysmic for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it just it makes me very sad. Um, I never read I I kissed dating goodbye. So I I was already married by the time that book came out, um, and but I I read a couple books by Josh that I thought were good. And Josh has and joined us on the air. Josh has been on our show a number of times, and he's been really uh, gracious to us. And I really appreciated the fact that over the last I don't know eight seven years, he's come out and said, I think I really screwed up in writing that book. I think a lot of things I said in there weren't helpful. David, have you followed along with kind of his um, mea culpa in regards to the book? Yes, I followed that, and I found it really interesting, uh, and I was impressed by his humility as he did it, and he gave a, a pretty a relatively famous TED Talk, and it was, you know, it was, I think, admirable of him to do this, and I'm, I'm sad to see him leave. I'm sad to see this declaration on Instagram, although I have to admit I admire the integrity of it in this sense that an awful lot of people as they began to depart from Christian orthodoxy just will say, well, I'm, I'm still a Christian. I just am shifting what Christianity should mean. I mean, he's, he sort of has the integrity to say, no, there's this definition of Christianity that's the definition of Christianity. I don't fit it anymore, so I'm not going to try to sort of jam or warp Christianity into my new box. So there's some in- some integrity there that I appreciate, but it's very sad to see this happening. And look, you know, you can't look into his heart and you can't see all of the, all you can't see all of the permutations and changes and shifts and experiences that led him to this moment. But one, one thing I will say that I have observed in my life is that there are an awful lot of people who come into Christianity and in their youth in a 
legalistic, formulaic way. And then as life happens to them, um, if they do not really fully emerge from that, the failure of the legalistic formula, the tension between real life and the legalistic formula becomes so profound that something has to break, something Mm -hmm. has to give. And sometimes, and, and hopefully, it's the legalism that breaks and gives, and that they understand the fullness of the gospel, but sometimes it's the faith that breaks and gives. And they have, they have so defined Christianity by the legalism. Now, again, I'm not saying that's him here. I don't, can't look in his heart, but I've seen this with a lot of people, that they have so defined Christianity by the legalism that that's what Christianity is. And so when the legalism fails in their mind, Christianity itself has failed. Yeah. And it's a, it's a bind that we each are susceptible to at any time, because we are idol makers, each one of us, right? Yes. So we right. can make an idol out of anything. And whether and we can make an idol out of our own goodness probably more easily than we can make an idol out of anything. Yeah. And uh, so this is just a it's instead of a moment where you point fingers at a, a public figure and say, look, another pastor who screwed up, you know, don't do that. Think about Josh Harris as a person and, and pray for him and pray. I, I, you know, part of me, obviously, I read this and I'm grieved, but I'm very hopeful because I really think that maybe this could be just a pendulum moment where the pendulum swung so hard in that one way, like you said, David, that on the way back to true, on the way back from legalism to true authentic faith and, and a belief in the person of Jesus and the love of God for him personally, that he's just in a spot where he is a seeker again. I hope and pray that's the case. And, you know, we don't know we're not the author and finisher of this story. We do not know <laughs> what the future holds for him, and I, for him. And I hope and pray that he returns to God. Uh, we'll we will see. But uh, one thing that I have noticed is that this moment has occasioned an awful lot of reflection, and sometimes healthy and productive reflection from Christians who are caught up in that moment. And, and a lot of those guys right now, the people you know, the, the No Date ninety eight crew that were my uh, yeah. my students in the youth ministry are now parents themselves, and they're reflecting on that moment and applying the lessons that they learned at that time in 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 productive and hopeful ways. I think um, applying the you know understand with the understanding that the legalism failed, the formulas fail, and the fads fail, and and how many times do we need to learn that in the evangelical world before it finally sinks in? Right. Well, this the mix of sexuality and Christianity is so complex, especially today. I was telling Kathis earlier today, I was listening to something where they were saying all web traffic, 30% of all web traffic is pornography. So kids growing up today, certainly their, their experiences with sex are different than your experience, my experience, most of our listeners' experience. It's so toxic and so it's so immediately available and so non what real yeah not connected <laughs> right so your heart grieves for anyone who's 13 through yes. whatever and you're trying to sort this out on your own terms and also still be a follower a faithful believer of Christ right i mean you know this is this is a subject where the manifold myriad different ways in which people can be exposed to um, really grave and addictive sin. 
um, in, in the manifold and myriad ways that people can evade parental controls <laughs> far more than, than existed when I was a kid. I, you know, in, in, in my mind, they double down in, in, on the reality that what we need to be doing is not playing whack-a-mole with all the various manifold and myriad ways in which people try to evade authority and accountability and engage in experimentation, etc., but rather double down on seeking first Christ and his kingdom. And the, that inward, that renewal of the heart and that renewal of the mind and the transformation of this heart and mind as the firewall rather than the rather than the legalistic imposition of sort of creating that hedge and that fortress. Yes. Well, David, thanks an awful lot. I mean, it's a very thoughtful piece, and it is heartbreaking. And of course, anybody who was part of that and uh, read Josh's work, you I think grieve it, for that. Yeah, well, you do grieve for it, and it's also a time for anyone who did sign on for that to say, okay, no, wait, let's let's reevaluate. Let's think about what it meant for me, and if that's you know, really what I want to give to the next generation. Right. David French, thanks so much. David French, senior writer for National Review. His piece is called Wither Evangelical Purity Culture, Thoughts on the Legacy of a Lost Pastor. We want to go to the phones. We want to hear your story with the purity culture, how it's affected you or not, for better or worse. Stay tuned for that. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800 391 Use promo code WORD. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. 
protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Hey, shower a thunderstorm around early this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and humid tonight, low 67. Times of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a shower or thunderstorm around. Humid, high 79. Partly cloudy and humid tomorrow night with a low of 64. Then pleasant with partial sunshine on Thursday, high 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Randy Adkins. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're talking about Josh Harris and I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And the heartbreak that he announced yesterday that he's essentially done with Christianity. He's lost his faith. By any measure of Christ, of being a Christian, he says, I am not one. Right. Last week he said he you know, was going to get a divorce. And then on the heels of this, yesterday, the uh, announcement that he had left the faith. So we were wondering, Kath and Mike and I were talking earlier in the show, knowing that David French was going to be with us, about purity culture. And we've talked about this a lot. Sure. You know, we bring the guys on from Silver, uh, Silver Ring thing and uh, our kids have grown up like that. We've had conversations with that. We've done programs, you know, around that. Mm-hmm. But we wonder, in your life, has the purity culture, has it affected you? Has it been a positive influence on your life? Or is it something you wish you had not gone through, that somehow it messed with you psychologically, socially? Was it good for your life? Did it affect your marriage? your kids' lives, your husband or wife. Tell us about that, would you please? 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. What do you think, Kath? Uh, distill that down. What's the question? So the question, I think, is did purity culture affect you as a child or as a teen, and how do you view it now? 800-320-8255. Did purity culture affect you? As a child, or as a teen. As a teen. And if so, how do you view it now? 800-320-8255. We'd love to hear about your, yeah. about your story. Now, I'm not looking for some salacious details. Right, right. Just the overview of whether it affected you or not. Yeah. Because clearly a lot of, it affected a lot of believers. Yeah. And it was a major movement in evangelical culture in America. And so it deserves to be dissected in some way. Now that we can look back on it and say, okay, you know, were we following along with the Holy Spirit at that point, or was there something else going on? Right. Um, okay, so now I, I'm way past that. You were on the fringe of it, right. but Mike was pretty much in the, mix, in the mix of it all, weren't you, Mike? Yeah, but he's on the phone oh, he's on the with phone. listeners he's right now. Right, so, yeah, so Mike was in the middle of it. We're, we'll ask him in a little bit to give us his perspective on, um, on what that was like to grow up in. But, uh, you know... I, I, Josh wrote the book after I was already married, and I never read it. By that time, you had kissed dating right. goodbye. <laughs> I had kissed dating goodbye. Uh, but I got to be honest, from the very beginning, I didn't like it, um, only because it smacked of righteousness. And I just, it turned me off. Did you read the book? No, I never read it because I didn't, I didn't like the sound of it. The tone of the book? The whole idea of it. Like, I kissed dating goodbye. I've just, I've, 
I understand that there's this great elite way to do it, and I've discovered it. And if you're going to discover it too, then you're going to be the same way I am. And if not, then you're going to be, you know, practicing a less vibrant version of Christianity. But, That's how it came off to me. But as a mother, now especially as a I t- never did that purity thing with my kids. You never did? Nope. But you had conversations about purity. Yeah, I did, but never I, I never wanted to talk to my kids about it in a scarlet letter type of way. Right. Because that's the problem with it. It's not that I don't want my ki- I want my kids sleeping around. It's not that. It's that there has to be it has to be discussed in light of a full ranging sexual ethic a full ranging Christian ethic about your life. It's we have this temptation to talk about sex like it's the one and only most important thing. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying it's not the only important. Well, it's the middle of societal right. exchange, right. right? Is it not? And, and the thing we've done in culture is we've made it way, way, way more important. You got than that it right, is. without a doubt. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. How did the Silver ring thing, the um, I kissed dating goodbye, the purity movement, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. How, did that, how did that affect you or not? Give us a call. Let's go to the phones and speak with Greg. Hey, Greg, thanks for calling. How are you, brother? Hey, John. Hey, Kathy. How are you guys? Good to hear from I, you. I haven't talked to you in a while. We're great. Yeah. I like this question because until I became a Christian, my life, I told you, you know my story. Yeah. Drug dealer, had all the women in my life. But I tell you what. When 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 I went to the Holy Spirit in 2014 and I asked him for help, I said, you know me better than I know myself. I need help with this lust issue. And he began to do a work in me in 2014. So when I start courting, now notice I'm not using the word date. Yeah. When I start courting my wife, I made a commitment and a covenant with God and her. We didn't do anything. We didn't kiss. We didn't do anything. We we didn't kiss until we got married. And the day we got married, that was our first kiss. Wow. No. And, and we went to we went to marriage counseling. So we did the uh, the passage of uh, purity thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Passport to purity. Right. Right. Now, now, to be fair, Greg, you were an adult man at that point, and so, you know, the, the I, I kissed dating goodbye. How old were you? I was 56. I'm 61 now. So you had lived a life, right? Um, but this being sold to kids, the teenagers, put a whole different sort of tone to the fabric. But it worked But it worked for you. It was, it was a good corrective for your life, you're saying, Greg? Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to start with the key, uh, the key thing. You have to start with Christ. Yeah. If, if Christ isn't involved, yeah. if Christ isn't involved, it's not going to work. That's good. Got it. All right. Thank you so much, Greg. Appreciate that. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. How about? Uh, oh, let's go to Mike. Okay, uh, add another Mike to the mix. Hey, Mike. Thanks for coming along today. What's your uh, What's your answer? Or what's your insight to the question? Oh, just growing up and uh, talking. That that purity thing opened up a lot of conversation between different nationalities, different age groups, uh, my grandparents. I was able to just to talk, and even to women, because we when, when I was younger, I was real shy. Hmm. So I learned things in the bathroom or on the bathroom walls. But when you're actually talking with women and you find out how they feel about it, it relaxes you because you're both young and nervous. Oh, that's interesting. But it, it, that was good back then because it opened up conversation, and it's, to me, it's needed now because there's so much 
going on with immoral things and lies and, and untruths and taking sides against each other, and we all want the same thing. I mean, even even just having a conversation, today we don't talk. It's, it's like it's going backwards again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you believe something, keep it to yourself. You know, if you look uh, like you want to be, like Kathy said, it just seemed, hearing the name of it, it just seemed too righteous for her at the time. I see. But once you were able to conversate with someone, maybe it could break down the wall. You'd have to agree, but just to be able to talk opened up and brought a little more closeness. And I love you guys. Keep up the good work. And one day, Trump is going to be on his knees, and he's going to ask God to come into his life. And everybody that talks bad about him is going to realize he is under God's control. Hmm. Love you guys. Keep Amen. up the good work. I hope work. that happens. Fabulous. That's Thanks a lot. Great phone call. Okay, so good. So the program itself, or the book itself, especially in youth culture in the church, allowed, as Mike is saying, a conversation. Should to happen. Right? Especially yeah. for people who are, it's an awkward thing to have that conversation. Right. So there's a positive thing about it. Right. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and speak with Emily. Hey, Emily, you're live with Kath and myself. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Emily, tell us, what do you think about purity culture? Um, I have a very different perspective. So I have four kids. They're just coming into high school, the oldest. And we have opted out of the abstinence-only program that our high school offers because I feel like it's really unhelpful. Oh, okay. Why, um, why is it unhelpful? It's, it's not that I think abstinence is unhelpful, but part of the way that at least this program does abstinence is to say that condoms are bad or mm. ineffective. And that's the last message I want an entire high school to get. Yeah. I think it. there are lots of good reasons to be abstinent and lots of good reasons for purity, but I don't think we need to bash contraception to achieve that goal. Okay, so... And I think yeah, that, that part of the issue with abstinence in, say, a high school is exactly what the gentleman before me said. There is no Jesus in it. We're not, we're not talking to Christians. We're talking to teenagers. Right. Who may or may not have already had sexual experience. And so we say you're only pure if you're, you know, a virgin, you haven't had sex. Some of these kids have already been sexually abused. They haven't made a decision not to be pure. But when they hear this message, they have to be thinking, well, maybe I'm not pure. Mm-hmm. I'm already maybe lost. I have, maybe I am that. Maybe I'm that gum that's been spat out. Maybe I am that rip paper. Maybe I'm whatever analogy yeah. they want to use. Right. Isn't it hard? Um, to, and they have no control over that. Yeah. Isn't it hard, though, Emily, to figure out how to talk about it? Because you want people who have not been sexually active to recognize that there are many dangers that come from sexual activity, not just physical Absolutely. dangers as far as STDs and such, but there are emotional dangers. Like, yeah, there, are. there are a ton of emotional dangers that come from being sexually active. So you want to kind of, I don't want to say scare them, but you want it to be serious, serious. enough that they care, right? But then you can't go yeah. too far with it so that you're talking to someone who's already been abused or been sexually active and make them feel like it's like Nathaniel Hawthorne's Scarlet Letter, right? I I, I truly don't know the healthy way to talk about that. I don't fully either, but I think consent, my husband was a sexual assault counselor, so this is a topic we talk about all the time in our house. Mm. Um, I think talking about consent and what it means to consent, even from a really young age, so we don't talk about consent in sex when they're small, but we certainly talk about you don't have to let you know, so and so doesn't have to hug you. So and so doesn't have to kiss you. No one can look at your private parts. We don't do secrets. Um, I think there are lots of things we can do when they're really young 
And there, I don't know about everyone else's life, but there are plenty of examples of really poor choices in my kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for us to go well. see their life, this is not a great way to go about your life. But if you make these decisions, this could happen to you. You could be walking down that path. Right. We, yeah. We want the best for them, but is this the choice that you would want to make? Yeah. Okay. Emily, that's a good call. Sure Thank is. you very much. We need to step away for just a minute. We're talking about purity culture. It's tough. 800-320-8255. Weigh in. Was purity culture a part of your childhood? And if so, how do you feel about it now? This is the Entertainment Answer. Actor Milo Ventimiglia explains the concept behind his new film, The Art of Racing in the Rain. When Danny talks about driving in the rain, if he creates the circumstance that he's in, then he can control it because rain is an unknown factor. If you're fighting against it, then it's going to win. But if you're using it to create your own conditions you can control the outcome. The Art of Racing in the Rain, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask Home Advisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, Home Advisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app. Home Advisor. Baseball season is in full swing. It's a good thing Matt secured his denture with Super Polygrip. Now he can enjoy the snacks as much as the game. Polygrip. Hey, how are you? So great to see you. It's that time of year when the family meets up. Hi, come on. Get together, guys. Family photo. It's a good thing Jack cleans his denture with Polydent so he can enjoy the whole day with confidence. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Our phone lines are open at 800-320-8255 to talk about purity culture, but I'm also um, receiving some things via uh, direct messages and social and such. Um, A a listener says this, uh, the purity culture affected the kids, but also the parents. I have a lot of regrets over how we parented because of it. Hmm. We always tried to emphasize the goodness of sex in marriage and the reasons to wait. And I think a lot of parents had their own regrets in this area and wanted something different for their own kids. I could say a lot more on this topic, but suffice it to say, try so hard, fail so often. Hmm. 
Mike, what about you? Uh, you were sort of in the in the center of this, weren't you? Um, it, that book came out when I was a senior in oh, high school. Okay. Um, and then I went, I went to Valley Forge Christian College, and I took a youth uh, youth culture class, and that book was was talked about notoriously. Um, our professor kind of poo pooed it. Um, he approached it um, in a way that uh, he basically called his his style relationships God's way. And instead of just kissing date, uh, dating goodbye, he said, "How how if we kiss dating goodbye? How are we supposed to know the, how how are we supposed to know how are we supposed to get to know the person?" Right. Um, so his approach was group dating. Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and now I don't, I don't have, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the answer to this. Um, it's it's such a it's uh, it's very touchy. Um, I, I personally didn't apply anything, any um, principles any, at all, any principles. <laughs> I didn't have that growing up. It, when I, I didn't, ha- I didn't have, I kissed dating goodbye. I didn't right. have yeah. no I guidelines. Mean, I, I didn't have guidelines. I mean, we did talk about it in youth group, but that was the extent of it. There was no, there was no plan of, of action or execution. There was no manual, there, right? There was no manual. But see, um, that's where the book went wrong yeah. is that guess what? When the, in the Bible, there's no manual either. Right. It right. doesn't tell you how to do it. And yeah. so I think the problem with I Kiss Dating Goodbye is that it took biblical principles and turned it into a manual like those principle, like the manual was biblical. Yeah. And it wasn't. Right. I mean. It became I, almost a holy book. Right. Right. That's that's really true. I think it's a good point, though, that the listener raises that this didn't come out of Josh or anyone else's desire to make kids feel, you know marginalized or stained or whatever no, it is. No, no. It came out of the fact that they f- had made mistakes themselves and they right. didn't want their kids oh to make the same gosh, mistakes. That's it. That's how my, my perspective right. 100%. So and why so of course that would that would be a natural reaction. And look, in all the decisions we make as parents, they're all every single one of them affected by our own sin and our own background. Right. And yeah. oftentimes we react against that and sometimes react we react in favor of it i mean we're like it's just there's no there's no easy way to parent and there's no easy way to grow up right and the the layers of youth and sex and emotion attraction and jesus in the middle of all that it's very very difficult and uh on top of it all i mean i look at josh harris my 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 heart just breaks for him and his wife and his kids yes so sad it really is a great guy He's always been kind to us. He's a wonderful writer. Um, I really am praying that this is just a process that he's going through. I bet you five years down the road, I mean, there's a whole other chapter for him that's a strong, big chapter. Right. We'll take a break. Come back. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, WPIT Radio. find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. 
Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. This is Peter on his motorcycle. The open and this is Peter off his motorcycle. Um, please move your paper off my desk. Thank you. On his motorcycle. I feel so alive! Off his motorcycle. I feel like we covered that already, so... On. Wow! Look at the ocean! Off. Look at this article I found about urban planning. You're better on your bike. Progressive helps keep you on it. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit Life lifesteps.net that's lifesteps.net to check out available positions lifesteps is an equal opportunity employer providence presbyterian church washington alliance church bethlehem lutheran church st john the baptist church impact christian church the bible chapel what do all these churches from various denominations have in common nello construction design and build with one company nello construction full service construction from the ground up renovation expansion nello construction the choice for churches see the projects begin the journey at nelloconstruction.com most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership but not the word fm discount shopping club in our club you save as much as half that's right 50 percent on gift certificates and items from local restaurants health services and much more Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. We're talking about purity culture to wind up the hour. So, Mike, um, talk about what one of your teachers told you. Uh, my One of my uh, professors talked to me about, uh, he coined this phrase called neo-virgin. So if if you lost your virginity and you wanted to recommit your life and make a statement of make a uh, statement of of living a life in purity, then you're what's called a new virgin. Which I I I necessarily don't agree with that. I mean, if you lost your virginity, then you lost your virginity. Um, if you if you made that mistakes, you know you can look back and you can learn from it. Um, Right, but you can't act like it but didn't happen. But you can't happen. act like right. right. Okay, so like okay, so what that makes me think is that we really do treat sex differently than any other sin. Right, we really do. We really do. We really do. Is that you know you if you have sex before you're married, it's one it's one and done. Yeah, it, it's over. But if you lied yesterday, a giant eagle, yeah. to the checkout person who said, "Wait, is this uh, broccoli?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you didn't tell her it was organic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Hate that. Right. So we are really, we are wrong 
Each one of us is wrong in how we look at sin. That's the problem. I I really don't think it's that it's as much that we don't understand the whole sexual aspect, though I think that's a problem. I think the bigger problem is we just don't understand what sin is and what it does to us. And so our repentance and our focus is very narrow. But, you know, in the culture we live in, sex is so glamorized or so uh, heinous or so fearful that it becomes this psychological weapon against ourselves yep, first yep. and then everyone else later on. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump claims a groundswell of African-American support in response to his comments about rat-infested areas of Baltimore. The president says the White House has been flooded with people thanking him for exposing Baltimore's issues. They really appreciate it. And everything else he's accomplished. What I've done for African-Americans in two and a half years... No president has been able to do anything like it. The polls do not reflect that. Gallup reports his approval among black Americans hit 8% last month. A Quinnipiac University poll today finds 80% of registered African-American voters think he's racist. The president says he's the least racist person in the world. Fake news does not report it properly. Sagar Magani, Washington. On Wall Street, the dead on by 23 points. The Nasdaq dropped 19. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash free. That's ziprecruiter.com slash free. Ziprecruiter.com slash free. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Dan O'Neill. The Bible talks about the former rain and the latter rain in Joel 2.23. This description of the rain cycle of the land of Israel precedes the description of the day of Pentecost in Joel 2.28, which says, And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Peter quoted this exact scripture when he preached on the day of Pentecost. So what is the connection between the rains described in Joel 2.23 and the day of Pentecost described in Joel 2.28? Pentecost is a feast celebrating the harvest of grains. If there was a former rain, but no latter rain, the crop failed. At Eagles Wings Church, we try to live in the season of latter rain, praying and eagerly anticipating a great harvest of souls. 
Come join us at Eagles Wings Church Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. at Taylor Alderdice High School Auditorium, 2409 Shady Avenue in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. For the resources and know-how to make it all work, there's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. A shower or a thunderstorm around early this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and humid tonight, low 67. Times of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a shower or thunderstorm around, humid, high 79. Partly cloudy and humid tomorrow night with a low of 64. Then pleasant with partial sunshine on Thursday, high 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Randy Adkins. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming in today. So, uh, looking at the article in today's uh, local papers, the PG and the Trib, apparently uh, will not be going to Heinz Field anymore after the year 2021 because it feels as though it seems to be, not feels to be, it seems to be that the uh, naming rights are up at the end of the 21 season for Heinz Field and that Heinz, the company, which is no longer Heinz, the company, which is now Kraft Heinz. Which is really still just an insult. Yes, that they have essentially said through channels, we no longer are interested in spending millions of dollars to be part of Heinz Field. See, that's just a another kick in the pants. It really is. I mean, first of all, we have Kenny Wood's potato patch not using Heinz ketchup. Right. Now we have the fact that Heinz Field isn't going to be Heinz Field because right. Kraft Heinz and Bob Kraft and what if they don't want to you know pony up for all that. And that eventually, just, you know, Heinz is going to be gone from the city of Pittsburgh. You know well, that. Well, there's no Heinz factory no, here right. anymore because there isn't. A, I mean, and on top of that, what's Juju going to do in his, fr- in his free exactly, time. Exactly, Mike. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no ketchup giveaways. I mean, Sorry, man. this is a lot for me to take. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah, I've said this before. I don't like Heinz Field as a the stadium. No, I don't I, like I, it. I don't, most people don't. I think it looks like aluminum foil on the outside and um, inside it's okay, nah. but I don't love it. It's just, I'm sorry. As bad as the Pirates are, they've got a great field. They the Steelers sure should have just used the same do. architect. Yeah. It's, okay. I, so okay. why do we need naming rights other than the obvious answer Can't of cash Can't we just flow? call it Steelers Stadium? Or, I, it's the only reason is cash. Yeah. Just cash. Right. So, okay. So what are we, we're going to end up with something really stu- Heinz Field sounds awesome. Heinz Field. It looks awesome. And there's the ketchup thing. Yeah, it's excellent. And the end zone. The John and Kathy Stadium. Oh, Thank, my gosh. Oh, God. Yeah. How about, uh, just call it Three Rivers Stadium. Three Rivers Field. You can't. 
can't. Three Rivers Field. No, you can't. Why not? Why? What's your problem with that? Because Three Rivers Stadium was a thing and now it's gone. Yeah. We're not, re- it's not, we're not reinventing yeah. it. All right, enough of that. It's not okay. reincarnated. Uh, why don't you call it, uh, uh, what do you call it? What do they say in the we're going to call it? Are there options? Oh, well, there's a, a lively uh, conversation on Reddit. You know, oh, what, I, I, what well, if. Well, this, this is going to be, you know, close to the truth. Iron no City Stadium. Iron City Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's right. a good one. Eaton Park Field. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> that just sounds wrong. Mr. Rogers Neighbor Field. Oh, that's good. Jeff Goldbloomfield. Jeff Goldbloomfield. Uh-huh. That's really ridiculous. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> uh, how about, you know, well, you know what's going to end up happening? They're probably going to call it UPMC Field. Oh, God. No. Oh, that'd be horrible. Please, oh, yeah, please. Be the worst. Not, oh. <laughs> They've expanded enough. Yeah. How about, why don't they call it U.S. Oh. Steel Field? Well, that's because, cool. Well, because there's out, no U.S. Steel there's, anymore. There's no money yeah, in true. U.S. Steel. Um, oh my! If, if that, if I can't. How about even Renegade that. Field, Dick's Sporting go, Goods Field. field? That'd be horrible that too. Yeah, that, yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be. Oh, I naming rights are so annoying to me. My Pillow Field. My. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one eight hundred My Pillow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what you're going to call it. I mean, UPMC, you know, Highmark. Na- n- naming rights to fields are annoying, and you know how I feel about those oh. words at the top of buildings. Yeah, they're the worst, right? Whose idea was that? And when someone said, hey, how about we put my company, if I give you a lot of money, I'll put my company name at the top of your building. How about that person saying, no, 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 no you know why? Because it's a beautiful building, and we're not going to put stupid letters at the top. Well, there was many, many years that Pittsburgh had laws against that. I know. But no and then what happened? You know what this means, guys? Asked, what? Yeah. They're taking away the, the big, massive ketchup jars when yeah. it's like when it's third down. It's I gone. know. Yeah. That's what I. That, I'm so sad. Right. Okay. So now we went from console to PPG paint, which are, they're both horrific as far as I'm concerned. I thought console was easier to say. The worst. They the should worst. do my pillow because they can put big, massive my, my, my pillow. pillows. Right. That's a good them idea. My ketchup they things. Hand them out as seat cushions, yeah. which would be very nice. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. I follow seat cushions. Yeah, that'd be very good. nice, right? You know. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, also, news comes that the regatta's canceled. Ouch! How about this? I was just you know, talking to somebody about the regatta. Have you been to the regatta lately? I've never been to the. Regatta. You've never no, been to the regatta. I don't like it. Yeah. The, this, what? Okay. So this is what happens. The regatta so supposed to be this weekend. So a boat goes right by at incredible speed, and you go, Whoa. "Wow, that is well, fast. that's cool. That's cool." And uh, that's that's what, it. That's all you do. When our kids were little, we took them down to see the boat go by really fast. Okay. Now, we had little boys, so they thought it was super cool. I got that. But one and done. We were pretty much done. So on the heels of this today, apparently funding has washed well, up. Yeah, it says um, we learned late last week, and this is uh, Charles Schultz, a member of the Pittsburgh Three Rivers Regatta Board of Directors. He said, we learned late last week that the event management company charged with overseeing all aspects of the regatta – failed to provide the necessary assurances for a safe, sanctioned, and fully coordinated event. They did not secure the mandatory insurance for it, which forced us to withdraw our application for an event permit. Uh, Pittsburgh Three Rivers Regatta has hired Lionheart Event Group for the past several years to manage the event. Um, And the responsibilities for the group included purchasing insurance, securing permits, acquiring sponsors, Mm. collecting sponsorship money, contracting with food vendors, working with race boat organizations, and working with the city and others to provide security. I see. But they didn't learn until last week that Lionheart had missed 
misrepresented the status of payments and insurance related to the event and had not met critical benchmarks to ensure that it could go forward. Well, you're still going to have to pay uh, wait, off Wait, let me, let me just say I'm reading from uh, Pittsburgh Action News number four's website. Um, you're still going to have to pay the vendors. Sure. And, you know, I really feel sorry for the, for the restaurant hour, owners and such. In fact, they talk in this article about the fact that restaurant and restaurants and bars in the cultural district in downtown are stunned. Stunned. That this has happened because they expected more than double normal business. Ouch. That's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. Heather Moran, who's manager at Salonika's, said we always double our profits, if not triple them. Mm, during the regatta. Yeah. I did not know the regatta was named uh, the EQ or EQT, EQT Three Rivers Regatta. Because, of what's course, e- we had to sell the naming rights. What's EQT? That's a company. That's yeah. a, at the top a of a building. Firm? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Okay. It's three letters at the top of a building that make me mad. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be... Um, Rivers Casino Field. That's what it's going to be. You know it is, right? Probably. They're the people who have all the money in town. Yeah. Can't well, be Highmark because there's already a Highmark Stadium. Right. But you know what? The UPMC thing, what you said, as, as upsetting Don't and stomach-churning as that is, that does right. actually right. Well, the one like that they call the UPMC Highmark Field, one side UPMC sits, the other That's side good. Highmark sits. That's good. And you're, right? not, you're not allowed on the UPMC side. Right, if exactly. You're, you're just not allowed. You can look at it and you can think, well, it must be great over there. Nope, don't but come But you over. are not allowed to go there. Mm-mm. Nope. No, absolutely not. Well, that's bad news. Bad All news right. The city. Coming up next. Sometimes God wants you to use your intuition. Can you trust your intuition? Your gut feeling? Yeah. Do you think God speaks to you through your intuition? I don't know. We're going to talk about that next in your gut. 101.5 WORD. What makes you cry? Well, it's an uncomfortable question to ask, especially of men who often believe they shouldn't cry. Yet this week in our study of the Book of Lamentations, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, tells us why godly people should cry. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to join us as we'll hear about Jeremiah's overwhelming grief and be reminded of another who sat weeping over Jerusalem 600 years later. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Do you owe the IRS or state back taxes that you can't afford to pay? If so, listen carefully because you may qualify to have your debt dramatically reduced by up to 90%. You heard right. The IRS has made it easier than ever to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program may end any collection efforts against you, resolve your tax problem, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. And all you have to do is make one phone call to Victory Tax Solutions. The IRS can garnish your bank account, pension, and savings. So don't wait. If you have unfiled tax returns or unpaid tax debt to the IRS or state, these special programs are available to you now. Stop your worrying and call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions today to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands of dollars. For this free information, call 800-813-1105, Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I am Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 1522 says... 
Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1 800 TAX 1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1 800 TAX 1176. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade, through 47 state-certified full-time teachers, and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Often hear stories, you know, after a disaster of those who were left behind, you know, a plane crashes and the news media finds someone who says, you know, I was getting on that plane and something told me, I just don't get on that thing because it's, you know, something bad's going to happen. So I'm grateful for that feeling in my gut, that voice in my head. But is that a thing, intuition or a feeling in your gut? Well, Dr. John Kessler is back with us. John's a regular guest on our show. He's got a brand new book out called Practicing the Present, the Neglected Art of Living in Now. But from that, Christianity Today put an article out, uh, was excerpted from the book. Sometimes God wants you to go with your gut. Our intuitions aren't infallible, but that doesn't mean we should ignore them. John Kessler. John, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm good, John. It's great to be with you. Thank you, John. Always good. So, you know, it's funny. The story that John told is a story that all of us have heard in some way, shape, or form, right? I just, I knew that I was supposed to turn around. I knew that I was supposed to open that door. I knew I wasn't supposed to open that door. I mean, and people say this who, people who aren't Christians, people who are Christians, it seems like kind of a human experience. John, what made you start thinking about intuition? Yeah, and I think you're right, Kathy, that it, there is a human dimension to it. You know, if you want to define what intuition is in general, I think you could call it that flash of insight that prompts us to act in a moment. And everybody has had that. But I think there's an added dimension when it comes to the role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, that sometimes that inner voice that's telling us what we should do next comes from the Holy Spirit. So, you know, of course, I've thought about it in my own personal experience. It it came to mind as I was writing Practicing the Present, because that is one of those present moments where, you know, where you're trying to uh, uh, get a sense of how God is directing your life, how He's working in your life. And I also think, as you mentioned it, many, many times we become more aware of it after the fact when we have ignored it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I should have listened. I should have paid attention to right, that. Right, yeah, yeah. I actually think that's one of the ways you begin to uh, get a sense of it. That's the, one of the ways you begin to recognize that, what I call it, inspired intuition, not in the technical sense of inspiration, but that prompting of the Spirit to act that the more I realize after the fact that I should have listened to that voice, the more I get to recognize it when it comes up. I see. So, John, when I was a freshman in college, I took a Psych 101 class, and the uh, the teacher famously talked about his annual trip, his annual vacation, where he would get in his car, drive to the end of the street, and wait for something to urge him to turn left or right. And then he spent like a week on the road doing that, where whichever way the wind blew or whichever way he thought he was being led, that's what he did. 
I mean, that seems crazy, uh, you know, in some way, freeing in other ways. But, you know, do we always trust our intuition? Is that the right and proper thing to do? No, I don't think we should always trust our intuition. I think there is a danger that uh, uh, comes with this. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. And sometimes, you know, the Bible warns us that our own inclinations sometimes can, can steer us in the wrong direction. So uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about this uh, guarantee that we have, that since you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, that means every time you have a prompting, you can be sure that it comes from God. But I, I would say that most of us come from uh, an intellectual tradition where we're really not inclined to listen to the experiential side of our relationship with God. And we're very much uh, uh, rational in the way that we make decisions. And I think you could call this, you might call this super rational. That is, it doesn't ignore the rational side. You, you know, you have gathered facts. The mind is still engaged. But sometimes there is something that goes beyond just what uh, uh, the thinking process, especially when I'm put in a position where I have to make a decision in the moment where I can learn to trust the Holy Spirit to give me a sense of direction. Mm -hmm. So that is a thing that occurs. Isn't it funny to think about the the theological spectrum on this, John? You know, you have you have the 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 Pentecostal charismatic theological mm-hmm. tradition that mm-hmm. is is largely based on feeling, largely based on intuition, right? And there's mm-hmm. not a, it, oftentimes a lot of rationality that happens there. And then you have the other theological tradition where there's all rationality and there's not. Right. It's like there there's there's a distrust in anything that doesn't have like a scripture verse mm-hmm. attached to it. And and I think both of those extremes. Both of the, the extremes in both of those traditions can be problematic. I would say that in our evangelical tradition, for many of us, uh, that the Pentecostal movement has been helpful in reminding us of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and moving us a little bit more toward a more holistic uh, uh, process when it comes to this kind of decision-making, where we are expecting God to show up. Yeah. You know, we're expecting God to give us direction. So, John, Christians would say, well, I feel the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, yeah. that's a common phrase. So, Is uh, that intuition? Yeah, is that intuition? Is that biblical? Interestingly, the, that is the language we usually use when we're talking about guidance. The, the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this. Scripturally, that, when Paul uses that language, he's talking about something else. When Paul talks of being led by the Spirit, he's actually talking, he's not talking about guidance, he's talking about the power to live for God, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that enables me to say no to the flesh and yes to God. But from a practical point of view, when that's really what we mean when we're talking about this sort of uh, uh, guidance, that it is the fact that the Holy Spirit is present, active in our lives, and giving direction, that he's not, he's not detached, you know, it's not as if God is detached and sort of watching our lives unfold and not involved with us. So... And, and I think it's important to start with this, uh, the language that Paul uses, and realize that when it comes to guidance, the broad 
outlines of everything that we need to do are put in writing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I think that's the first assumption when it comes to practicing this. You already know what you need to know to be where you're supposed to be, because it's in the Word of God. I'm not talking so much about the fine details of decisions we have to make, but, but the big-ticket items, the, the, the moral issues, that's all written down for us. Right. And then there's the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to say yes to that. And I think that gives us some, you know, some bumpers, some, some protection then when it comes to experimenting with this idea of, of uh, following what we sense to be the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He's never going to lead me in a direction that contradicts what he has explicitly told me right. I should do or should not do. Right. right. So you're never going to get a leading from the Spirit that is not in accordance with what's in the Word of God. Right. right? So you may that... get a prompting. Yeah, you may get a prompting that you want to do that, but that's not God's speaking. Right. <laughs> it <laughs> might good. be my flesh or it might be Satan or, you right. know, something else. But then right. there's discernment then. Yes, and, and discernment really comes not so much from the way you feel about things. That discernment really comes from your knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. That's what allows me to sort through the various options that I have or the, or the inclination. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the prompting of the Spirit is counterintuitive. That is, uh, you know, one of the things I tell a, a story in, in my book about a time when I was uh, invited to leave the church I was pastoring at and go to another church it was a larger church. It was in the area that was near where my wife and I grew up. We really wanted to move back there, but I just did not have the uh, uh, freedom to say yes to it, even though I really wanted to. So I made the counterintuitive choice to say no to that opportunity. And that, I feel, after, after reflection and experience, I realized that was the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But you weren't sure at the time. No. <laughs> that's no, the thing. So it does yeah. have an element of risk to it. Yeah, and, and that's the mystery of it, too. And uh, so that's, I think, another, you know, another important principle if you're going to practice this is, first of all, assume God's continuing and immediate presence in your life and expect Him to guide you. And in those times where you make choices that sort of veer off, he is able to lead you back on track. I think sometimes Satan uses these kinds of situations to terrify us, you know, because we think, wow, if I, if I miss that subtle prompting of his spirit, or if I make a choice that leads me in the direction and it's not God, my, my whole life is going to veer off in this direction. That, you know, God, God cares about us too much to, to operate in that manner. So I think there is some freedom there to uh, practice the sensitivity to this this prompting of the Holy Spirit and trust God to, if you get it wrong, he, you know, he knows how to bring you back on track. And if you're not listening, if you, you know, if he's telling you to move in a direction, often, you know, he's persistent in his prompting. I may say no immediately and later on down the road realize, yeah, that's that's what God is. There's a wonderful, I think there's a wonderful account in the book of Acts where Paul in uh, uh, Acts, uh, in Acts uh, 13 is directed by the Holy Spirit in one of his journeys, and he, it, he like gets it wrong two or three times, mm-hmm. you know, where 
he tries to move in one direction, and the Spirit says no. He tries to go in another direction, and the Spirit says no. And finally, he has this dream where the, this man from Macedonia calls out to him. I'd love to know what the specifics were of how he knew the Spirit was telling him where not to go. But at least I know this, that, that God is engaged, and he knows how to close and open doors for me. I love that, John. I appreciate the push to those of us, because I tend to be one of the more heady ones, and I feel like I have to analyze it and see it written out for me before I am going to yeah. step into it. I'm the opposite. Yeah, and, I, and it's probably good for you to hear that, you know what, you need to settle down a little bit. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's hey, not the first time, John, we've had to tell John all to settle down. <laughs> John, thanks an awful lot. It's a fascinating subject. I look forward yeah. to uh, more of practicing the present. All right. Great to talk to you both. Our pleasure. John Kessler, his brand new work is called Practicing the Present, The Neglected Art of Living in the Now. John Kessler. social media can grow your business what you need is a social media strategy august 6th the pittsburgh north regional chamber presents the 2019 social media marketing conference from 8 a.m to 3 p.m gain expert insights from salem surround yelp and other local pros to help develop your social media goals protect and advance your brand plus hear little known tips and tricks that'll make you a social media master at la roche university's appella college center babcock boulevard reserve now at wordfm.com slash conference hey it's john hall so a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own MyPillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. MyPillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a MyPillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider LifeSteps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call LifeSteps today at 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. That's LifeSteps.net to check out available positions. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. 
Guess what time it is? I've been waiting all day for this. It is time now for today's $1,000 daily cash giveaway, Word FM, Word of the Day. Are you having fun with words? It's going to give away $1,000 in cash to somebody. Remember these words. The Word FM Word of the Day is Kaufman. Enter the word Kaufman online at wordfm.com forward slash cash and you'll have the chance to win $1,000. Again, the Word FM Word of the Day is Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Hey, Sean, we're a thunderstorm around early this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and humid tonight. Low 67. Times of clouds and sunshine tomorrow with a shower thunderstorm around. Humid, high 79. Partly cloudy and humid tomorrow night with a low of 64. Then pleasant with partial sunshine on Thursday, high 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Randy Adkins. Celebrity birthdays today, people. Celebrities. I mean, you know, there's Birthdays of the stars. <laughs> Birthdays of the stars. We salute you. We it's birthdays salute you. of the stars. Our daily report. Exactly. Um, so we are thinking today yep. of uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lisa Kudrow, as good as she was in Friends, was even better in the precursor to all that, which was the sitcom Mad About You. Eight o'clock on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so hilarious. Paul, Paul Reiser, Reiser, Helen Hunt. Yeah. This Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. Oh, who she was. Uh, she was Helen's mother. Yeah, right. Hilarious. That was a great show. Hilarious. Really, really good show. And Lisa Goudreau was the waitress. That they would show up, Paul and uh, Helen Hunt. Would... And she also played her, the waitress's twin sister. <laughs> that, that sort of comic daffiness. Oh, my gosh. Right? That was perfected. It, it, that was part of her character. That was, oh, was a slice so, of artwork. So, so, so good. Uh, it was very good. Did you watch Friends? Um, not regularly. No. Mike. No. no. Oh. Oh, you were you were alone oh, in the fence. Oh, yeah. No, really. No, My wife was... is obsessed with it, though. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, okay. I was too busy. I understand. I had things going on there. Sure. He had a life, Mike. Uh, you know, <laughs> Wednesday night. What? What? Uh, were you in college then? No, we were married. Okay. I was newly married. Yeah, so I would do the Mad About You, the Friends, the Seinfeld. Right. Right in a row. Yeah, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, today's Arnold's also birthday. Also his birthday. Arnold. I'll be back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love the Terminator films. Oh, T2. Apps. I love them all. Yeah. How many were there? Three. Three. Okay. I, I just remember two very, very well. Yeah. Wait. Wait. No, three's coming out. Three's the one that's coming out. I don't know. I thought it was already out. I mean, how well, old is Arnold? Well, there's a new one. Uh, how do you hold? How old do you think he is? Seventy-four. Two. Okay. Seventy-two. There is a Terminator that they are in the process what? of making. Really? And Arnold is okay, the seventy-two-year-old Terminator. Yeah, and Linda Hamilton's in it. There's, what? There's six. What? Come on. Really? Six the Terminator? Terminator. There's the Terminator. Uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Yeah. And then Terminator Three: Rise of the of the Machine. Oh right, of course. How can and I forget oh, that? Good. 
And then the latest three in 2009. I never saw Terminator that. Salvation. No. One in 2015 called Terminator Genesis. Didn't see it. Smokes. And 2019, Terminator Dark Fate. Which is going to be awesome because Linda Hamilton's going to be back. Yeah. Arnold's going to be back. And it's going to... I, from what I understand, they're like hitting the reset and forgetting the ones in between. Like they're doing Terminator T two and Rise yeah. of the Machines, and then they're forgetting the other ones. Really? And they're they just going to pick were up because because apparently they weren't right. good. So is that your favorite Arnold movie? Oh, T two. Well, I loved Kindergarten Cup. Kindergarten Cup. I'm to ask you a bunch of questions. That's really that's a good movie. I loved it. It's funny. Who is I your love- daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> oh, gosh. I like that too. I mean, Predator was really stupid. Mm-hmm. I my- like Total Recall. Well, that's a good film. That's creepy. my favorite Arnold film is his first film called Pumping Iron. Oh, is that about the uh, Mister Universe? Yes, it's a documentary, which is fascinating. Uh, like I cannot believe people do that. 1977. It's fascinating because, of course, nobody knew who Arnold was, and there's this film crew following these guys around for the Mister Universe pageant. And I believe this. Uh, this is true that the producers or the director of the film focused on Arnold because he saw him mm. work his. Essentially, what happened was Arnold psyched out all of his other competitors. I mean, of course, his body was magnificent if you're into that sort of Mr. Universe look. But what happened in Arnold's mind to crush his opponents is just really the reason to see the film. And that's the same thing that made him the Terminator. Of course. Yeah. Pumping Iron, 1977. Okay. How old do you think Lisa Goudreau is going back to her? She's uh, 51. 56. 56, Mm -hmm. Lisa. Well, happy birthday to you. Yeah, so enjoy a... uh Good Friends episode nice. and perhaps some Terminator tonight to celebrate these two people. All right. Happy mm-hmm. birthday. Where are we going next? Can you believe he was governor of California? Oh, yeah. Did he do a bad job? I think he did. I don't well, know. Well, look at – you think they're in good shape? Well, that's a long line of all that stuff. You know how it is. Yeah, it is a long line. It was Jerry Brown and then it was him and then it was Jerry mm-hmm. Brown again, I think. Hey, we're going to talk about uh, AI. Fuzz Reina joins us next. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. Now, it's true that God uses imperfect people, and none of us are worthy to serve Him, but yet He calls us and fills us and then uses us when we are available and accessible to Him. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck, and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out, and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court, and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 1-800-462-3333. That's 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? 
Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. It's kind of ironic. We were just talking about uh, celebrity birthdays and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, How's that? <laughs> you want to say that again? Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> That's because he grew up saying John Hall over and over again. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Sorry, Arnold. Okay, so T2, Arnold sort of became this half man, half machine. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah he, was, he was artificial, but you grew, you, you had sympathy for him. You had, you, you, you liked him. Yeah. Because he was when he sacrificed himself, it was a big deal. So, great minds have been thinking about this: this collision yes. of man and machine yep. together. And seemingly, they would tell us, we're you know at the doorstep within the next however many years, there will become this fusion of reality. Right, and of course, the idea behind Terminator is that Linda Hamilton recognizes what's coming. And, you know, there's some time travel involved, but she has to go back and prepare her son to be the warrior because right. the machines are going to take over and they're not going to take over because they're nice machines. Ouch. Okay. So Fuzz Rana is with us. Fuzz is the vice president of research and apologetics at Reasons to Believe. He's got a brand new workout along with Ken Samples called Humans 2.0, Scientific, Philosophical, and Theological Perspectives on Transhumanism. Fuzz, welcome back. How are you? Uh, John and Kathy, thanks for having me. It's always fun to hang out with you guys. Thanks, Fuzz. Sure. So transhumanism, what is it? Well, this is an idea that is kind of a, a mixture of science and philosophy and theology. And in a nutshell, it's the idea that we should use science and technology to enhance human beings beyond our biological limits, make us stronger, smarter, more psychologically well-adjusted, and people that are advocating this view hope that through this process we can alleviate pain and suffering in human beings, we can lead to human flourishing and human progress, you know, in a sense kind of create a utopian type of future. And also people realize that this science and technology could actually maybe one day help us attain some type of immortality. And so in that sense there's a, a religious nature to the transhumanist movement. Uh, and, and really, transhumanists almost uh, to a person think that we really have an obligation 
not only to use science and technology to improve upon the human condition, but to really take control of our own quote-unquote evolution and in the process create a world where there are these post-human species that are distinct from, from human beings. So, Fuzz, is this a foregone conclusion that man essentially will play God in the creation of a new sort of species? Well, you know, uh, you're mentioning the Terminator, and there's so many examples in science fiction where people have dreamed about, uh, you know, this this kind of a potential future. Uh, But we really are looking at this future as being uh, an eminent reality, I believe, because there are incredible advances that are happening in biomedicine and bioengineering that are uh, producing technologies that could literally transform people's lives in a positive sense. But these same technologies are stepping stone technologies to really human enhancements and are fueling transhumanism. It's gone from this fringe academic idea to being academic mainstream, and it's very quickly filtering down into the person on the street. It's really beginning to permeate our culture. And I really think it's going to be an alternate gospel. It's going to be a competitor to the Christian gospel in the next few decades, because we live in a world that's increasingly secular, that's influenced by science and technology. And here we now have a gospel saying that science and technology can rescue us, uh, and people are going to find that appealing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Sure, people already find that sure. appealing, right? It's sci-fi come to life. Okay, what about ethical regulations on transhumanism? Um, do they exist? And if so, who's, who's making... governing facility? Who's, yeah, who's making the rules? Well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing that's scary is nobody is really regulating these advances. They're happening so fast. Uh, it's impossible to keep on top of these advances. Uh, and the, the, the advances are outpacing anybody's capacity for ethical deliberation. Uh, and that's really frightening because it, it, there's not really regulations in place whatsoever. But on top of that, many bioethicists who work in this area really are afraid that we don't have categories to properly deliberate on how these technologies should be used or if we even should pursue some of these technologies. And so in the book, Humans 2.0, one section is devoted to the ethical challenges of of transhumanism. And what my co-author, Ken Samples, and I argue is that actually the Christian worldview, though it's an ancient system of bioethics, actually is robust enough to produce an ethical system that could promote science and technology development, but also guide the, how that technology is used in a way that promotes genuine human flourishing, but uh, prevents human beings from being exploited or really human life in, in a broad sense from being devalued. I see. So then there are positive aspects of this. Even though it is fearful in some ways, some good things can come from this. Yes, and this is the real complexity, you know, of, of, of these issues, uh, of these advances is, you know, uh, the, the very technology that could uh, cure genetic disorders, that could uh, help people that are locked in suddenly be able to communicate, that could give uh, people that are amputees control of robotic limbs with their thoughts mm. can be used for some, you know, really uh, unwise applications when we start thinking about deliberately trying to enhance human beings or modify human beings with technology. So then, Fuzz, is, 
is Humans 2.0, is it a warning? Is it a celebration? Is it what? What are you trying to say? Well, it's really all of this. Uh, I mean, the, the goal in, tran- in, in Humans 2.0 is to really alert people within the church that transhumanism is really here at our doorstep and to help Christians understand the signs behind it and help them to become cognizant of the ethical issues, but help them to be encouraged by the fact that if we effectively engage our culture, we have something to offer in these discussions, namely, again, ethical guidance. But most importantly, I see that transhumanism as a golden opportunity for us to reach our culture with the gospel, because there's interesting parallels between transhumanism and Christianity in terms of what people are aching for, what people are longing for. People want a world where there's not pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. where humans flourish. They want a utopia, and we realize there's something wrong and broken with this world, and there's something wrong and broken with us. And people realize that death is not natural, and and they want to overcome death. They want to conquer death. Where transhumanists are misguided is to turn their hope to technology as opposed to the person of Christ. But this is a great opportunity for us to, as Christians, to recognize the need that is being expressed, that, that is motivating transhumanism, and to show how the gospel really uniquely meets that need. Fascinating. That's Fazrana. He's the Vice President of Research and Apologetics at Reasons to Believe. Also the author of several groundbreaking books, including Who is Adam, The Cell's Design, and Dinosaur Blood, and the Age of the Earth. scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream, or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and, again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588. For your free consultation and to see if you qualify, that's 800-500-5588. Summer is here, and Matt's got the barbecue out all ready to grill. 
That's why he trusts Super Polygrip, so he can enjoy his steak with full confidence. Polygrip. Sounds like there's a party going on. But something's missing. The birthday gals arrived. And thanks to Polydent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. So as we invite artificial intelligence into our lives, because quite honestly, we have no choice, will this be the end of humanity as we know it? I, mean, I think it's a valid question to Without ask. Without a doubt. I really do. And not to be reactionary or fear-driven, but this is a great unknown. And it's it's here, essentially. Yeah. Mike just sent um, me a fascinating article written by Rick Paulus in The Week. And um, he said... It's worth looking at what super intelligent AI actually is and when we might expect it. Okay. Firstly, computing power continues to increase while also getting cheaper, right? We know that, right? right. We, we, we're talking about the moon landing and how, you know, we have more power in our smartphone and our hand computing wise than they had to all get all of Apollo and all of the Apollo missions probably put together, right? But yeah, certainly that one. Not a doubt. Um, Anyway, he says there's no reason to think that artificial intelligence won't surpass human intelligence and likely very quickly. That superintelligence could arise within days, learning in ways far beyond that of humans. Nick Bostrom, an existential risk philosopher at the University of Oxford, has already declared, quote, machine intelligence is the last invention humanity will ever need to make. Whoa. Okay, so in this piece, they talk about the rise of fake news, right? And so what caught many people by surprise about fake news is that they are saying in this article that it should have been completely predictable. Because when the web is a place to make money, algorithms are built to maximize money making. Mm. So the ease of news production and consumption heightened with the proliferation of the smartphone found writers and editors to fight for audience clicks by delivering articles that were optimized to trick search engine algorithms into placing them high on search results. Well, that is so interesting. Isn't it? That's the first wave. So that's wave. how news can spread. Right. That's how some, in what seems to be innocuous and totally false, can become a gigantic thing. Exactly. Which will sway cultures because of algorithms created by AI. And that's at its most base, base level. So what's in store? as this whole thing melts. That's how profoundly things could change. But we can't really predict, he goes on to say, what might happen next because super intelligent AI might just not think faster than humans, but in ways that are completely different. So it might have motivations, feelings even, that we cannot fathom. Mm -hmm. It could rapidly solve the problems of aging, of human conflict, of space travel. We might see a dawning utopia or... We might see the end of the universe. In 2015, Elon Musk donated $10 million to, as Wired Magazine put it, to keep AI from turning evil. 
Now, they're saying that this was an oversimplification, that the money went to the Future of Life Institute, which planned to use the $10 million to further research into how to make AI beneficial, because we know how it can be the opposite. So thinking back to the Terminator, if you've seen it, you know, the mom knows what the future is. Linda Hamilton, right? She knows what the future is. And she knows that even though people don't think about it or don't respect it or even don't fear it, she knows they should because the machine's intentions are bad. And so she needs to make her son into a warrior so that when the time comes, there'll be someone strong enough to fight. So will AI recognize the gospel? Part of me doesn't believe that it will ever get to that point. Oh, really? But I, why do I think that? I, I don't know. There's no, I, I have no rational reason for thinking that. I mean, look how far we've come in the last 20 right. years. Why would I think that it wouldn't keep Imagine going. 100 years from now. Right. right. Our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. In all of the eras of history, though, when people were contemplating utopias, there was always, and I hate to say this, but it's just the historical truth, there's always a massive catastrophe. Yeah. You know, there's the Black Death or there's the, a world war right. or there's the Spanish flu or. So there may be a dividing line. Like, you know, we look at, um, you know, A.D. There may be a dividing line of something that says us as purity, so to speak, in God's creation mm-hmm. and then post purity mm-hmm. or post melding. There right. may be that cultural well, and the, line. I, again, I hate to keep going back to my sci-fi movies, but this is what science fiction is good for. Yeah. Is it helps the you musings. to It does. It's the musings of of the future, the musings of technology. I mean, the question with Terminator is that he's part he's he's completely synthetic except he's has is developing human characteristics such that good can, and bad. can we destroy him? Right. Do we want to destroy him? And Here's the deal. Can he decide to sacrifice himself? Is that just, is that just a uh, a prompting that humans can listen to? Right. I mean, I'm excited by it, but I hope that I'm not here for it hmm. because it is. You hope someone else is there to fight the battle. It's right? Pandora's box, right? I mean, they're telling us this is what it's going to be, and of course, we can't. I mean, you know, I remember being a kid and trying to look at the future and being excited about what we thought were, you know, phones with televisions in them. Well, no one could anticipate what the iPhone was going to be in its most base form. So what will the future be like with artificial intelligence? And does it make you think about the book of Revelation? Yes, it does. And and what it is that Paul is describing, because he's, you know, a first century man who's seeing visions of things Mm -hmm. that are historically way beyond him. And so the way that he's describing things, you know, it could be. It could be things that we're seeing now, Prescient. but from a first century perspective, right. he's describing it in fantastical ways. And for us, it might be just, you know, really technologically mechanical things that we're seeing right in front of us. Heaven help us. I mean, look Heaven at, will help us. Look at culture right now. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Apple Watch is a bad thing. The iPad is a bad thing. But do you think that maybe they're trying to desensitize us or, you know, make us get ready to to for well i'm going to say it maybe for the mark of the beast mm-hmm. because we're, you know people are wearing the apple watches now now there's glasses that um that are like the apple watch sure. that right. you can buy but listen when i but, heard earlier today mike that 30% a full third of what's on the internet is pornography yeah 
I thought to myself, I think the Mark of the Beast was our very first access right. code right. that we put on so we could get online. Yeah. Well, look, when you I see mean, us, are you kidding me? When 30%? you see us all, we stare in our smartphones, right? You see us in a crowd, or you We're see us in traffic. Of course we are. So this is the tiny touch of the beginning of it all. Yep. And not to be, you know, doom and gloom, but the keys are there before us and we have turned that key, yep. there's no doubt. <laughs> Well, well I'll hey. tell you, that's a cheery end. Plus, there's okay. no regatta. <laughs> God. Find us online at com or find us on iTunes. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.